For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And we are here with another edition of Believe in Magic, the Orlando Magic. I'm your host, Max Van Auken. We have Combo, Andrew Combo Salop from Combo's Court. He's about 6'5", rangy, lefty, crafty. He could pass. Um, telling him to slide his feet a little bit more on the defensive end, but we are joined by him from Combo's Court. How are you, my man? Bow, bow, bow. Hey, you know, we were listening to the radio, and my son was in the car, and, you know, it's a Power 105.1. Shouts to everybody at Power 105.1. But, um, <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Somebody said that, and my son went, bow, bow, bow. It was pretty funny. Uh-oh. Okay. Baby combo picking up the ways off the radio. I like it. Yeah, man. But we're here. What's the vibe? Maybe just, he's... You know, I was, I was working out this morning. Felt good. Did some legs. Some backwards walking on the treadmill. Do you know the benefits of backwards walking? It really fires up those quads. Oh. How about that? Okay, all right. Combo dropping some knowledge. I did not know that. I was going to say baby combo is going to replace you on combo's court, but we'll take we'll take the exercise route. Oh, he, yeah, he'll have baby combo's court soon. That would be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie to you. He'll I, have I his own. Gonna... He won't. He won't. You know, he won't be on combo's court. He'll be on baby combo's court. I like it. I like it. I um. I didn't even get to work out this morning thus far. I recorded a show for the Max Van Auken podcast, which is now out. Um, Super Bowl preview, Tom Brady's retirement, but then neither here nor there. Um, I will be working out after this episode now. So, um, but it's time to talk Orlando Magic basketball. Uh, I, I covered the Mavericks game combo. I got to see your guy Luca up close and personal. The guy is gifted. Um, I have some criticism here, but you're not gonna. We'll get into that later. But, I've had criticism of Luca this year, but obviously I was watching some of the game. Um, he looked like the best player on the court. Yeah, he was. The game. But, but the Magic do get the victory. They did get the victory. Now, one thing I'm noticing, and I know you and I have talked about this plenty of times, when Cole Anthony's on, he is on. Like He's good. But when he's off, he is really off. It's really hard to find an in-between. And so, like, he didn't, he wasn't having a good game um, but the way that their offense was clicking was – it was just – like it, buckets are hard to get for them. Their, their offense isn't always fluid. And I know you and I, have, like I said, we've talked about that before. But uh, it was definitely a hard-fought win. I'm glad that they were able to pull it off. I always get a little bit nervous combo towards the end of the games because we always talk about a young team executing late. But they're able to pull it off. I did not expect them to defeat Dallas, and uh, they were able to do so. Yeah. Can you have a moral victory and a real victory in the same game? Is that possible? I feel like it was both. Yeah. No, no, I see what you're saying there. That makes perfect sense. No, because, you know, after the game, their morale, they just, they looked amazing. They looked like they were happy. Everybody looked like, you know, they were excited, like they were excited for the future of this team, even though maybe not all of those players will be on the team next year or even after the trade deadline. Right, right. And uh, Wendell Carter Jr., he played exceptionally well. I love the way he plays. I absolutely love the way he plays. He plays physical. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Nope, finish up. He plays, yeah, he plays physical. He plays aggressive. He can extend out to the three. He was banging with uh, the Mavs. 
I think he was one of their keys for to, to victory because I think a lot of times they settle for jump shots or they settle for hard-fought threes or contested threes, and Wendell's kind of like that presence in the paint. Even Mo does the pick and pop and shoots a lot of threes, but Wendell's like an interior presence, and I think he balances them out a lot more. Yeah, him and Chuma Kiki played great. Um, they had a lot of guys that contributed. It was a balanced effort, you know? A lot of guys, nobody had 30, 40 points, but everybody was contributing. And they were able to handle some of the Mavs' runs pretty well, which they weren't able to do so in the past. Right. And I got to talk to Jay Kidd, and um, he likes a lot of the looks that they got, and they just they weren't falling. But here's my thing, Combo. And now this is I know this is a Magic podcast, but we're talking about the Mavs game, so I'm going to bring it up. I'm going ahead and say this. So I've always talked about who the next face of the league is and um, how I think Giannis is the best player right now, but I think LeBron or Steph may be still the face of it and whatnot. But here's the thing. I don't know if there's going to be a next face. It may just be a balance of all these young players, even though I think Giannis is at the forefront of it. Um, you got Ja, you got Trey, you got Luca, and whatnot. It's no longer Luca, in my opinion. Like I don't, I don't put him in that conversation. Now, as far as talent, absolutely, he's up there. But I don't think Luca's that guy. And you're certainly not going to win a championship playing the way that he plays. And I'm not trying to be a hater. He's incredible. Like he's an exceptional talent, best player on that floor last uh, last game that I saw. But it reminds me of James Harden. It's just like, let's pass him the ball. He's either going to score, he's going to create for others, but that's not sustainable. Like, that's what Phil Jackson took the ball out of Michael Jordan's hands when he was doing that. That's not how you win a championship. He told Michael Jordan that. I just don't see Luka being that guy to win a championship in that mold. The only time we've really seen that is LeBron. Um, Giannis has done that, but even when Giannis won the championship, he played more off the ball and let Drew Holiday and Middleton work a little bit more. They're, you're not going to win. It's not sustainable like that, especially come postseason where it's more physical. Luka can't play like that if he wants to win a championship. That's my takeaway. Yeah, I mean, I could see that because I always felt that the way Harden plays, played, it was tough for them to win because it takes away the natural rhythm of the flow of the rest of the team, but that was their entire system. And that's the way they wanted to do things and guys kind of bought in, but I think we're, we're going further and further away as I discussed before on my podcast and probably on other podcasts or on YouTube or wherever it may be that, you know, it's going to be harder and harder to win a championship with the heliocentric type offense. I think team play is where it's at and where the league is going. Heliocentric. I've never heard of that word. Heliocentric. Like, Luca, LeBron, even Giannis. You know, even Giannis to some degree. Uh, Julius Randle a little bit. The dual forwards. That role last. Yeah, the dual forward position. I think it's going to be tougher and tougher for those that have a dual forward and rely on a dual forward to win. Um, I think LeBron is the guy that can defy the odds and get it done because, you know, he's the greatest 1A, 1B, whatever you want to say, number two. He's top two greatest of all time. I guess you could, could throw Kareem in there, but that's another conversation for another day. But he could defy the odds because he's that great. Right. Yeah. And, and But my thing is this. So you have – okay, so we all know about player empowerment. Um, they have more of a say than ever, player mobility. Uh, what do you do if you're a Mark Cuban, if you're a J-Kid, and you have this guy who's your franchise player, you don't want to lose him? Because as much as I'm talking about how you can't win the way he plays, you definitely want him on your team. Uh, but how do you approach that situation to tell him – we need to take the ball out of your hands. How do you go about doing that? Because if you and I see it, we know an owner of an NBA team, a coach of an NBA team, Jason Kidd who used to play, they see it. They probably know it. But how do you go about approaching that to your star player? Because now they could say, 
well, then I don't want to be here and, and, and I want to leave. I want to, this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? How do you approach that situation? You could still run th- stuff through Luca without him always having the basketball as Steph does with the Golden State Warriors. I think Luca needs to realize that he's only making himself tired and worn down in the long run if he plays like this. Yeah, so he has to play more off the ball. They have to run more sets from him when he doesn't actually initiate offense. And I think everything could still run through him, just maybe in a different way and more diversion. Right, right. And I agree. And Porzingis didn't play. He was out with injury. But um, I think we've seen Porzingis and him click a little bit more this season. Um, Porzingis injuries always are um, a problem for me. Obviously, I'm not going to fault the guy for being injured. It's not his fault, per se. He could just be injury prone. But it, that health is wealth combo, and availability is the best ability. And I'm just curious of how healthy they're going to be come postseason time. You there? You talking to? No, I'm saying which team are you talking about? Uh, the Mavericks with Porzingis and Luca. Like uh, oh, yeah. Porzingis yeah, I mean, is always banged up. Injuries, injuries are you know an issue for every team almost. Like name a team that really hasn't had COVID protocols or injury issues. Um, you're saying Porzingis because he's a taller player. You're more concerned yeah. about his injury past, right? As well, absolutely. Yeah, I could see that. I, I mean. Look, all these teams have big problems when it comes to injuries. I mean, obviously, we see the Lakers with AD and LeBron's out now with his knee. The Warriors have all kinds of issues with Draymond's back, which is really concerning. Um, Utah just lost Joe Angles. All these teams have to stay healthy. KD is out. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's only the Dallas Mavericks issue. But there is one thing about Porzingis. He has been playing a lot better this season. So, hopefully, he can come back 100%. He has. He absolutely has. Now, the Magic have coming up. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, um, which is actually today. We have the Pacers coming up, the Memphis Grizzlies with John Morant Saturday, the Boston Celtics, um, and then go back on the road with Portland and Utah and Phoenix. So they have a tough schedule ahead. I mean, just looking at Memphis and the Chicago and Utah and Phoenix, like these are tough games combo. So uh, we've talked about it before. It looks like they're probably shifting towards, you don't want to use the word tank, but I think they've come to grips with what this season is probably a long time ago. Well, they want to tank, but also they're getting healthier and healthier than they've ever been before, even though they still have about four guys out. So, you know, if Markel Fultz comes back, then they're probably only like three guys down. And who knows, man, maybe it'll get tough for them to tank, kind of like what OKC was dealing with earlier in the season. Yeah, I would love to see Jonathan Isaac back. I don't know if we're going to get that this season. I would love for him to be back. Um, but there may not be a need for him to be, if that makes sense. If you kind of understand what this season is, why rush a guy back? Well... Yeah, I understand that, but you also want to get him back in the fold because that's just good for your future. I mean, a whole season out, or even more than a whole season out, what has he been, two seasons now? A season and a half? Yeah. I mean, look, you want to get him back in the fold because that's just good, even though it could um, hurt your tank efforts. It's only going to help you in the long run, building continuity and getting him back in the fold so he could be a full throttle next season. Absolutely, Combo. Is there anything else that um, stands out to you with Orlando Magic basketball going forward or the games we've seen recently? No, you mentioned it. Wendell Carter playing great. I like how Mo Bamba's body language has been lately. You know, he seemed really enthused after that big win. Cole Anthony, ups and downs. Franz still playing great. And both both the Wagner brothers have been stepping up. I mean, you know, we we like Lopez. You know, he has a home in the Disney area. You know, we love all that. But, you know is younger and we need him to play center more often uh look at me calling the magic we wow 
You're growing up, Combo. You are now Team Magic. I'm a real magic guy, you know? I mean, that would be... That's not exactly the truth. I'm a fan of no team. (laughs) (laughs) But I do want to see these magic do very well, you know? Oh, man, you are a character. No, No, Yeah, but Mo Mo Wagner's been (laughs) stepping up, man. And I really... You know, Mo Wagner, Wendell Carter, obviously you see Bamba with the flashes. So some of their bigs are stepping up. Chumo Kiki. You know, they're getting... You know, they're getting contributions from all different areas and they're handling runs better so i like the direction obviously you know you got to call a spade a spade the magic are the worst or one of the worst teams in the league but we are seeing improvement absolutely a glass half full that's what we are um combo i want to shift to the rest of the league but one of the things that pop out to me i don't know we could talk about things that may pop out to you as of late but uh the Miami Heat. So look, check this out. I'm going to type in Google right now, right? So you go NBA Eastern uh, Conference standings. And okay. I was and I was looking. We have, of course, you had the Bulls. The Bulls, the Heat, and the Sixers, and the Cavs. And then you have the Bucks as fifth, the Nets as sixth. Um, the Heat haven't been talked about that much. And they really even haven't played all together that much either. And it's just interesting to me. Because I've said when they got P.J. Tucker, that's not the sexiest player. It's not the big free agent. But that's a championship pedigree DNA guy who plays hard defense, can hit down the – knock down the three, and physical to come playoff time. I just think they have all the ingredients to make a huge playoff push. Because we've been talking about how exciting the Bulls are, the the Sixers drama, and how great Embiid has been playing. We already know about the Brooklyn Nets, the defending champ in the Bucks, But it feels like the Heat don't even get talked about. And they're battling for the first seed in the East. Um, what are your expectations with Miami? You know, we're in the microwave era, as you know, and there's nothing about the heat that really gets the clicks, the likes, the reshares, you know, they just got really good basketball players. They actually have three star level players. If you really think about it in terms of Bam, Jimmy Butler, Kyle's a little bit older, but you know, still a star in my opinion. So they have the star power. They're tough. They're big. They're strong. They got shooters. What's really their weakness? I don't really know. I mean, I do think they have a great chance to win it all. Um, if some of the other teams stay healthy, it might be tough for them to beat, you know, maybe the Milwaukee's or or the Nets at full throttle. But, you know, heat culture. It's all about heat, heat culture. Everybody's calling Max Struess like another Duncan Robinson, but he's actually a better all-around player than Duncan. He's not the shooter Duncan is, but he's a really big guard, strong, plays hard on defense, can shoot it, can get to the basket a little bit of a little bit, um, played really well in summer league. A guy who just like his way to the league, you know, started out at a D2 school, then went to a D1 and, you know, G League and is now found a great spot with the Miami Heat. So they got so many great stories on that team and those guys play hard. They play tough. They play defense. And you know, with the Miami Heat, they're always going to play the right way. Right. Yeah, that culture is ridiculous. And then I uh, yeah. I go over to the West. It's old school culture, consistency, you know, over and over every year. It's all about winning, you know. They're never thinking about tanking. Even in the years that other franchises would have tanked with the rosters that the Miami had, they never tanked. They tried to win. And in the long run, you know, it, it's benefited them. Yeah, that's why I'm not a fan of tanking. I think tanking is the worst thing you could do. Try to win at all times. So, so you're Jordan's not a fan team. of the OKC Thunder? No, not at all. I think you need to go all in on winning at all times. Because when you create this culture of losing, I'm just not a fan of that. Like, Thunder are interesting to me because it's just, it's kind of like how I like draft stuff and how I like summer league and how I like things like that because you're kind of looking at which players are going to develop into what. 
So I find that kind of stuff pretty interesting, but I'm with you. I mean, you always want to create winning culture. I think having draft capital is like the most overrated thing. Like I want to win now. It, it Give me the be. players that win it, now. It could be. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I don't see any, uh, I keep referencing Michael Jordan, but you know, I'm a Braun guy, but Michael Jordan, when you look at the last dance, he was like, no, I don't want to tank. I want to win now. Like when these are games that we could win, like I just win. Like I understand you may not have the best situation. You may not have the superstar. You may not have the best roster, but nobody wants to go to a losing franchise. Like culture is the most important thing. And if your culture is losing, uh, that's not a good culture. I don't care like who is in the draft. I just don't think that's a good idea. That's just me. That's just me combo. I'm, I'm an aggressive guy. That's how you would run your franchise. I get it, Max. Yes, all gas, no brakes. Um, but when I look at the West, I made a, a comparison to The Rock and John Morant. It made a lot of sense to me. It made, a, it made some sense to a few people. Um, but Memphis is third, and Dallas is sixth. And I know we just talked about Luka. I think Memphis would bounce Dallas out of the playoffs if it were to, if it were to start right now. But, Combo, I'm looking at Phoenix, and it's so crazy because it seems like Chris Paul does this every single year. Um, where we talk about all these other teams, but then somehow Chris Paul's right up top every year. Uh, Phoenix is 40 and 9 with the one seed in the West. And I know the Warriors are, uh, flashier with Clay Thompson coming back. I know we've talked a lot of Laker basketball. We've been talking about John Morant. Um, but the Suns are the first seed. Do you think they have a better team this year than they did last year? Are they more viable contenders to the title this year, even though they were in the finals last year? Yeah, because I think they're even more comfortable together than they've ever been. And guys kind of realize what their role is. They're getting more contribution off the bench this year with different guys being out and different guys stepping up. So, yeah, I do think they have a better chance. Also, a relatively healthy team, you know, relatively. Obviously, they've dealt with injuries and COVID protocols, but, you know, their main guys have been there. And if they could stay the healthiest and they could stay the most consistent – and Devin Booker and Chris Paul can play like Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I do think they have a legitimate chance to win it all. I mean, the Utah just suffered a, injury, uh, a major setback with Joe Angles out with the knee. They have some stuff. Who knows what's going on with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. We're not even going to get into that right now. But Lakers have, you know, LeBron knee issues. I don't know if that's just load management or his knee is actually in really bad shape. So we don't know what's going on there. And – they just seem a team. They just seem to be a team that has it together right now, you know. Yeah, no, they really do. They're already hitting the forty win mark before All Star break. Uh, combo. Anything that sticks out to you in the rest of the league? Oh man, Steph Curry last night. I mean, KPJ was trying to talk his head off, but man, that guy is still like a one man show. Realizes the importance of a team concept as well. So it's really amazing to see, you know. All time great, the second greatest point guard of all time. Is he a point guard, like under Rashad's position dictionary? Is he a point guard? No, he's not. Um, I believe he's a hybrid guard. So, so you would have him behind Magic if you yeah, put him yeah, in yeah point with, guard with tradi- it, right? yeah traditional positions for those just listening. If we were just to do the five positions, if Steph was listed as a point guard, I go Magic, Curry, Isaiah Thomas, my top three. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think Curry and Isaiah Thomas are really close. Um. Isaiah Thomas was, and, and honestly, I mean, Steph and Magic were so different, man. All those guys are so different, you know. They are. It's so hard to compare. Yeah, it's I like Steph and Magic play totally different positions. That's what I mean. Yeah. No, no matter what you want to call those positions, I mean, they just totally different players. So it's kind of hard to compare. But 
Yeah, I would say Magic is the greatest out of those guys, you know? Yeah, I mean, five championships, 6'9 point guard, made the game global, or revolutionized the game, him and Larry. But, well, brought it back to life, that's for sure. But, Combo, if you don't have anything else for the rest of the league, it's time to get into our moment of the week, and apparently you have one that I would never guess out of 10 tries. So, my moment of the week. Highland. Owns Highland. Sleeping on him. This guy wasn't on. He wasn't even on draft, draft mock mocks and big boards when I first started talking about him. And I told him somebody should draft Bones Highland. And look, this guy signs a footwear and apparel endorsement deal with Under Armour. Just phenomenal. Shouts to Bones Highland. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Now, combo. Like- I mean, I know, I know, everybody gets some sort of sneaker deal, but this is significant, you know. Like, this is like, I feel like I'm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the details, but I feel like he's on his way to a signature sneaker. You know, right? No, I see it. And see now, here's the thing. Like you, combo. I have a tweet, and I'll I'll date stamp this because I have a bookmark. I said he was my sleeper in this year's draft. I liked him and Cam Thomas from LSU. So Bones Highland, I've I loved his game, uh, watching him in a college level and just seeing him thrive. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that so much fun of the draft, being able to find someone that other people don't see or doesn't get a lot of attention, and then when they pop in the NBA? It's like watching like a, I don't know, a comparison for it, but there's nothing. I think that's what makes the draft so special. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, everybody was starting to realize how good he was in Combine when he played like a game or half a game and just totally took over, you know, and then I think that's what brought his stock from second round. I mean, look, he wasn't even on mocks and big boards. Then he started showing up on some second round boards and mocks. And then I think combine took him to that, you know, that first round level and he was still late first round. So shouts to him. Uh, he's going to be a really good player for a really long time. And yeah, you know, you saw it early. I saw it early. So kudos to Bones Harlan. Uh, rumble, young man, rumble. No, not the Ali. Okay. Um, my moment of the week combo is I stole it from you as we we rarely talk about our moments of the week before we look at the look at the honesty. I so know. Combo actually has two moments of the week. Yeah, you do, you do. I'll give you that. And we'll, we'll let Matt. You know what? But you'll be able to like explain this moment of the week, being more of a football guy than I am. So go ahead with it. Okay. Um, my moment of the week is somebody retiring is one of the greatest human beings of all time. If we're being honest, but we'll just stick to football. Uh, Tom, wow, human being. Wow. Well, okay, now here's why okay. I say this. It's Tom, Okay, obviously my moment of the week is Tom Brady retiring. So the reason why I say human beings is because he is one of the most successful people of all time. And everyone picks a field, right? You pick a field on what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, your career. You can honestly say he's the most successful person in his career. Like out of how many people can you honestly say was the best ever at what they do? And so when you do that, you're one of the most accomplished human beings in the world. Like there's only a handful of people that can honestly, truly say that out of every person that's played football, you are the best person to do that. Like you have to look at a Steve Jobs for technology, or you have to look at like a Bezos for business. Michael Jordan or LeBron. Yeah. Like a Tiger Woods. So just being able to say that as a, just a human being that you were the best at your field, at your craft, like that's just unbelievable. And you can literally out of his 22 seasons of playing, split it in half and use both of those 11 seasons and make a hall of fame case for both of them. So the fact that that's all within one, um, is just unbelievable. He had nothing left to prove. 
And I'm just so happy he he hung it up because there's just nothing left for you to do. Seven Super Bowls later, the GOAT of the sport. Um, that's definitely my moment of the week. It's going to be sad not seeing him play anymore. I know a lot of people resent him because he's beat your team. Um, but as far as just whenever an all-time great retires from a sport, I absolutely uh, – you feel devastated but happy at the same time. What round was he drafted in? The sixth round combo. The sixth round. That's the thing. He wasn't just somebody that was highly prospected, highly scouted since the beginning. He earned everything he did. He was drafted in the sixth round. That's crazy. That's insane. You, it sounds like a they movie. Only have, they only have two rounds of basketball. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a movie. That's what makes it so like magical. It's just it's unreal. So it sound, you know what? It sounds almost like a movie. Like oh, this movie's too good to be true. Exactly. Know? Like drafted the yeah, sixth yeah. round, win seven Super Bowls. It just sounds like a my player moment in like two K. So shouts to him, man. A phenomenal career. He could enjoy his family time. Let me ask you this. of him coming back is it zero is it higher um i would never say zero because you never know he the competitor that he is but his post i absolutely i completely so i just recorded a podcast and his post and what i told darnell from fox sports i was like whenever you're questioning retirement you should probably retire because if you're not fully invested then you're not really giving it your all and that's exactly what his post was it's like if you're not fully committed then there's no point in me doing it so if he were to do something it's because he's all in on it um, so I definitely think he stays retired, and he's so many different things that he's a part of outside of NFL that he can clearly like how Kobe was the late great Kobe Bryant when he left basketball. Like, oh, what is he going to do now? But when you're so focused like that, you like end up creating poems and just being a part of so many different things, supporting the WNBA. Like, I think Tom's going to be a part of so many different things post his NFL career. So I think he definitely is retired. Um, I don't think he's coming back. I would never rule it out a hundred percent just because the competitor he is, but I'm pretty sure he's done. Give me a percentage. Um, he comes back. that he comes back. I would say five to 10%. That's pretty high to be honest. Well, yeah. I mean, just because like I said, there, it's not, I, I was, I was thinking like 1.5. No, I, I'd say five, five, 10%. He could just switch his mind because all it takes is somebody to piss him off. Like when you're that great, anything like a chip on your shoulder, Michael Jordan, remember what's his name? Didn't say hey to him at dinner. So he drops 40 in the next game in the finals. Like Tom's always walking around with a chip on his shoulder. So I'm sure he's seeing a bunch of people saying, Dill, you left because you couldn't win anymore. So I'm sure in the back of his head, he's like, oh, I could prove these people wrong. But so that's why I give that 5%. Yeah, no matter what you do, no matter how great you are, there will be people criticizing and there will be haters and there will be everything in between. Absolutely, Combo. This has been an amazing episode. Where can people find you? Where can people follow you? You know the floor is yours and you're getting better every single time. Well, first of all, you can find Max Van Auken on Instagram at M-A-X underscore V-A-N underscore A-U-K-E-N. You can find yours truly on Instagram at one two combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O. C-O-M-B-O. Don't forget to subscribe to the MVP podcast and Combo's Court. That's M-V-P and Combo's Court is C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. And of course, subscribe, rate, review to the Believe in Magic podcast. Wow. That was the most professional, calming, but yet energetic outro I think we've ever had. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to change pace. You got to play a little bit slower. The game just slowed down for me. I like that. You're, you're seeing, you're playing chess now, not checkers. Exactly. Combo. Exactly. It's been real. Until next time, we'll talk soon. Talk soon. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.